0: Hey everybody, this episode of Star Trek The Next Conversation is brought to you by our old friends at the Ripley's Believe It or Not Museum. Oh, they're our only supporter, and quite frankly, you should support them for supporting us. All you have to do to get, buy one, get one free over at the Ripley's Believe It or Not Museum in Hollywood, California, the auditorium. All you gotta do is walk up there, you say, hey. listen to sttnc can i buy one get one free that's right it rhymes that's twenty dollars for two people after 5 p.m i can't think of a better way to spend an evening other than listening to this podcast hey if you want to listen to this podcast and go to the auditorium at the same time no one's going to stop you there's lots of things to read so you can listen to andy and i while you're reading and experiencing things that you can choose to either believe or not Here's the show.
1: Podcast, The Final Frontier. These are the conversations of the friendship, Matt Myra and Andrew Secunda. Their continuing mission. To seek out old adventures with contrived civilizations. To boldly watch episodes
0: that one of them has watched before. Hey everybody, welcome back. Star Trek... I don't know why I'm saying welcome back. Welcome to Star Trek The Next Conversation. I am Matt. I'm Andy. We are here. We are into season three of Star Trek The Next Generation. Andy's probably confused by these character-driven plots, the growth we're seeing in data, the interesting uh, nuances we're seeing in Picard getting frustrated with aliens. Quite frankly, this is just a
1: taste of what's to come. Andy, how you feeling? Um... I'm I'm a little bit flummoxed. I gotta say, flummoxed. Uh, you know, when you sit down, you, you usually it's there's just a bounty of, of notes I have to write, and uh, in these first few episodes, it's just sort of like, "Bo, come eh, on." That uh, that teaser made sense. That made sense. It's just sort <laughs> of going to have to, as people predicted, we're going to have to change our change our tone a little bit oh i disagree no there's always
0: stuff to find in these delightful little episodes here uh i'm very excited about it and uh i'm, I'm hoping that everyone's still along for the ride and enjoying the new season three open which is uh you know it's a different uh, different planets different, beautiful different background and these new uniforms are great yes uh, and we get the Shellyac finally oh the Sheliac
1: play a huge role in the rest of the series I'm guessing they don't no, no. guys <laughs> okay. I'm gonna see if I'm I gonna. did enjoy the uh, their the visualization of them it was very Battlestar Old Star Battlestar Galactica the whole thing they looked like Armises Armises is that Battlestar that killed the Tasha Armis oh yeah they do Didn't
0: look like they? Armises yes just a little less uh, and more clothy I guess yeah hi Bo Okay, my dog is really. I, I just got back from uh, New
1: York, uh, like uh, an hour ago. So
0: Bo is very
1: excited. Matt, are you going to share any your exciting experiences with the uh, the good the good listeners?
0: Uh, no, I just had a great time in New York. Hung out with Frakes for quite a while. He's a lovely man.
1: Look at how casually he drops it. Like this wasn't his boyhood dream.
0: Listen, we've spent some time together in the past. We've watched Patriots games. And,
1: uh, Just you and him, and we watched Black Panther. Yes. Oh, you watched the Patriot games in New York this time. Last time we Last watched. Last time, yeah. I see. I didn't. I don't know that I that I caught that. Is he is he a Patriots fan? He he uh, he has a home in Maine. You know. I cannot imagine Matthew Myra mm-hmm. watching a Patriots game with Riker. Your brain must have been exploding. Uh... Listen, Jonathan's a great guy uh, Look at him, look at how chill he's acting he's Makes a, me sick
0: He's a good guy, very uh, <laughs> thoughtful Good this, director, wonderful man
1: This is why Matt could be friends with celebrities And I can't, because I go <laughs> Oh my god,
2: you're that person
1: What are you doing? <laughs> I can't believe I'm here with you Bo, you are out of control right now, buddy but he's looking up a storm
0: Oh I know I know It's very exciting This is weird I've never recorded a podcast So soon after returning From a trip And had my dog around Matt Would you Yes I. What do we have to do listeners
1: watch The Ensigns of Command Of course Or is it just Ensigns of Command I, I believe it's
0: uh, I don't know It's uh, the Ensigns of Command Andy Okay um, oh boy uh-oh. Oops. I almost well, hit we, that, we that. We sorry. sorry 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 that was me that was me I, uh, the We're War Corps, shot out, shot, the the Corps shot out for a second shot uh, into the vacuum of space for a second
1: all that being said let's take a peek in the Admiral's club
0: Could I leave a review and join the Admiral's club
1: matt how do people get into the Admiral's club well it's very
0: easy andy all you have to do good god Bo, you have to sit. I'm sorry, everybody at home. I'm having a little problem with a giant dog. Uh, all you have to do, Andy, is leave a five-star review in iTunes mm-hmm. uh, saying how much you enjoy the podcast. Honestly, you can say anything you want. As long as you leave a five-star
1: review, you'll be admitted into the illustrious Admirals Club. Bo, get down. Let's hear it. Best space adventure podcast of all time From Bushwick Kev Matt and Andy guide us through the 24th century adventures Of the Enterprise D Now Bo's going after me With laughter, sensitivity, and grace For lovers of 90s space adventure And the podcast form in general This one is a must listen Great to have the podcast back after their extended hiatus Galaxy is a richer place for having them back And I can't wait for them to hit some of the better episodes to come Shout out to my girlfriend Katie She's the banana in my hammock I'm not sure what that wait, means what? Should I have not read that on air. <laughs> it was five star review. In the guy's the an hammock. admiral. But yeah. does, does that just mean that like dick in your underwear? No, she's the banana. He's the hammock. So it sounds like he's the he's the the female.
0: <laughs> I, no, I don't know that it's a fe- I, I, banana hammock. I, I've always just heard of as a, as a thong. Whatever the case I'm very confused
1: The Admirals Club is getting to be a weird place It seems positive Huge fan from John Schrader You guys are awesome I've been a huge fan since day one baby (laughs) If you could give a shout out to Freak Gaming on YouTube and iTunes That would be great There we go We just did somehow Love you guys Really excited for season two It's like a clip show Every week Now I feel like I might have read this last week That's an insult It's like a clip show every week I take it as an insult Anyway And I appreciate it My son Jacob loves the podcast Every Monday morning On the way to school We listen He gets so excited The podcast About a 30 year old show That he's never seen Um, It just means the world to him To hear his name In the podcast Jake live long and prosper My son Uh, I I Clip that a little bit Because I feel like I've read it before I don't remember You reading that Alright Well whatever the case um, And uh, now There was a lot of debate And we got a couple of things Debate about of, the MVC. Uh, no about the United Federation of Planets And whether there should be A theme or not And then someone sent in A sound clip Okay um, And here it is
3: Welcome to the United Federation of Planets Presidents Club
1: i don't hate it no it's, <laughs> it's very simple it's, it's very simple gets to the point it's what the, it, honestly something that either of us could have done but there hey, you go hey 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 we wouldn't have done it we certainly wouldn't have and that came from andrew hook a long-term listener thought these might help with the podcast so you can get some audio cues just for the president's club oh by the way really glad you guys are back my winter was becoming quite bleak up here in canada without you guys cheer me up very nice of you andrew Thank you for sending it. Um, Charles Dixon is the first president in the United Federation of Planets President Circle. Sent us $17.01. He's actually the only one this week. Seventeen oh one. Hey, Matt. Hey, Andy. Eyes in the dark. One moon circles. I have serious insomnia right now. But you guys are back, and I have an episode to keep me sane. Keep kicking ass, Kenny. Very nice of you. Wait a minute. It's from Charles Dixon. I don't know. Maybe there might be some fraud going on here, guys. <laughs> Whatever the case. Um, and then Andrew also sent us an outro sound. Here it is. This is for leaving the that was
3: the United Federation of Planets <laughs> Presidents Club.
1: He's got a good voice for it. It sure is. <laughs> um. And now, my good friends. Captain, Captain, we are being hailed. Let's open up the hail bag. Remember that from last weekend? (laughs) I do. I think we can keep that. I like a hail bag. Okay. Josh Stafford, this is a little long, says, I love you guys. Think the show is great, but with all due geek respect, your rating system is bonkers. I don't know if you realize you do this, but you're both in the habit of praising an episode, saying you like a lot of things, then giving it a 3 out of 10. I had a feeling you would have a lot to say on this one Matt Earlier on in the series your rating practices Were so low I genuinely thought you were Rating on a scale of 1 to 5 Not 1 to 10 You routinely give F's to episodes That it seemed like you should be giving D's Or possibly C's to Um, Here's a scholastic grading system I grew up with here in Ottawa, Canada 80 to 100% Students demonstrate an exemplary performance To what is expected No no. 90 to 100 is an A 80 to 90 is a B
0: Mm -hmm. I'm sorry 80 to 89 is a B Seventy to seventy nine is a C. And below that it's fucking failing. So our rating system, by the way, yeah. young young Canadian fellow, is perfectly in line.
2: Time for retrospective. Truth is our it's a prime and he got it wrong.
0: That feels weird that you played that right as I was talking i was ranting at a canadian
1: It actually just rolled from one uh, sound cue <laughs> right into the next and i was like oh we do have we do have one um one which is uh um oh man it was a google voicemail um but one which was um it, that you wrote nanobots on the uh, on the twitter no not on the twitter on the uh oh, the, the description, description. Yeah, are yeah, they the, not nanobots They're they're nanites um, which uh, raised disagree. a separate uh, issue mm-hmm, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. someone commented on Sarah I don't remember if you want your last name said Sarah if you do then email me and I'll say it next week <laughs> um, but uh, dear Matt Andy and Matt so you guys were going over the scene with Guynon and Wesley where we were talking about the nanites and how they repair human tissue blah 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 hang on one sec um, oh no there we right. go. Uh, so, concerning the future series events, concerning the transdimensional creature, the Traveler, I think that Wesley, in his transdimensional travels, somehow is responsible for the Borg. His brand of highly intelligent nanites were introduced into a society where they began to overtake the organic tissue of imperfect beings, must create a hive mind, we are Borg. So good to see Wesley having fun indeed. Mwahaha. And I agree with that, and I thought to that to myself during the week. Wait a minute. He created nanobots? He probably created the Borg. Psychopath that he is. Didn't we create the Borg by sending out V'ger? Oh, is that that's a separate theory, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I don't know. I like the idea that Wesley created them more. But they had already dealt with them. Did they? Yes, in season two, they dealt with the Borg before before Wesley created the... Oh, no, I know. But I, you know, she's saying it's there's some kind of Trans time. Oh, a uh, trans warp time conduit. Yeah, some kind of. Your classic, kind of, your classic trans warp time conduit. It's kind of, um, you know, a time amalgam. Um, Alright, here's a voicemail. Okie dokie. Hey guys,
4: this is Chris Marino again.
1: He was drunk we one.
4: Have two beers in, so this will be unusually coherent. Hey, I was just thinking that uh, since you guys both work in Hollywood to an extent, when you're doing, like, recaps of the shows and stuff like that, have you ever had any interactions with any of the guest stars, or obviously I know Matt, you've met a bunch of the uh, oh, yeah. cast of TNG and stuff like that, if you have any, like, stories at conventions or stuff like that to, be, to relay it on the show, that would actually be kind of cool to hear it since as much of a fan as I am I have never once been to a convention so I guess I'm probably
1: too drunk Chris through <laughs> stories on podcasts
4: and stuff like that
1: not safe to drive
4: Anyways, thanks
0: guys there's Something gotta a be work. a con heading to Reno right sure I would imagine uh let's see What do I have any stories about these uh, casts these casts oh you know what I once
1: directed uh, I don't know if this counts not TNG it's a TOS should I I think that counts okay i uh once directed shatner in a um in a bit on late night at late night with conan uh-huh. where it was about it was it was uh it was about him trying to get guests on the air and um and uh, shatner <laughs> <laughs> and shatner uh took a cyanide cap capsule in order to avoid being a uh-huh. guest on the show sure um and uh it was and it was like a bunch of guys coming up to him and, uh, and he's like okay here's what we're going to do and he had a documentary crew following around so he wanted to show that he was directing and not me and so he like grabbed me and did a wrestling move with me as part of the bit to illustrate or in the docu- basically to, to illustrate how he was going to do the scene he pulled me into the scene to fight me instead of one of the actors um, I don't know if that makes sense Basically, in the scene, he fights off a couple of guys that are trying to grab him to get him on the show. In the scene. Oh, okay. All right. The documentary crew, though, that's part the, of your bit? No. The documentary crew was just following Shatner This is crazy. For some other thing that Shatner was doing, and he was putting on a show of how he writes everywhere he goes. Okay by grabbing me and putting me in a headlock. But I was like, Kirk, just put me in a headlock! (laughs) Understood. (laughs) Um, And then he bit the cyanide caplet in the thing, which someone can probably find Mm -hmm. online somewhere, Mm -hmm. by going... I'll show you. You won't get me. And he grabbed the cyanide caplet, put it in his teeth, and went, ng, 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 ng. <laughs> I'm like, I don't think that's how you would uh, eat a cyanide caplet, but I'm not going to give you a direction. No, no, no. He, <laughs> According he's... to Nicholas Meyer, you'd have to go through another 10 or 15 takes before you got a normal performance. Oh, my God. That's amazing. Uh, All right. I think we're, uh, we're ready. There we're was ready. one other thing that you made a mistake about Pegasus. I made a mistake about the Pegasus. Uh, oh, here it is. The multi This is from our other our drunk friend here. Admiral, Admiral Preston's Pegasus?
4: You know, again, I just wanted to comment on your guys' short episode, your runabout episode. That is really awesome. I think you should do more of those where you can kind of discuss some fan theories or Andy's theories, for instance. Because the next episode, Evolution, I read some weird fan theory one time where they gave rise to the Borg
1: oh. but
4: in any case I'm sure that's some sort of fan fiction but still that is a fantastic idea Patreon. I
1: mean they do get to goodbye. go live on their own planet which I see it seems very dangerous the oh yeah it's completely weird they send a lot of people to planet they send people in this episode to planets that's are just like here just go on this other planet and do whatever you're gonna do um I didn't I still haven't hit this thing and I apologize to everyone I haven't hit what thing I had a, there was a, there was a, uh, uh, prime corrective and I can't find it. We said there was some, we misattributed some episode to something and I can't, I can't find the uh, voicemail. Uh, wait, is it was was about, Pegasus.
0: about uh, here's what I get. My guess is okay. that he was talking about when I played the clip of Enterprise, uh-huh. the finale of Enterprise, which takes place during the episode, the Pegasus. Oh, yeah, that was uh-huh. probably it. And he's and, saying that that was wrong?
1: I think so. Well, he's wrong. Here we go. Ah, oh, here we go.
4: Hey, it's Chris from Reno. It's again. Chris, from Reno. I love, Chris. Chris. I love it. Chris, love it. Yeah, Shades of Gray was uh, pretty terrible, and I did not realize that you guys missed out on the Andes and the, exactly. uh exactly. We, we were so after entertaining. But Pegasus was in season seven, not season six. Oh, Matt, okay. You messed up. I'm
1: sorry. All right, I'm okay. Just cut that's, it off fair. that's fair. That's fair. That's reasonable. Fair. Um, and uh, that was the uh, prime corrective. <coughs> <laughs> it was real long, and I'm going to close the hills now. Closing up the hell bag. All righty. <laughs> this is a ten o'clock at night one, folks. If we both sound a little bit disoriented. I'm fine. He's actually doing great. (laughs) I'm the one with the issues. (laughs) Why why are you just. What did you do today, Andy? What was Andy's day like? What was Andy's day? I was, you know, I'm planning for a trip to Patagonia.
0: Right. You're going to go to Patagonia tomorrow.
1: Yes. So um, I'm very scared and excited. of, Of what? I don't know. I'm I'm a city boy. I don't understand anything about mountains or glaciers. Uh,
0: it's a weird trip
1: for you to take, honestly. Yeah.
0: If, you're asking, old Steve if you're just asking old Steve just asking asking your friend Matt, well, if if it's a weird trip for you to take, my answer is yes. Do Will you, you enjoy it? Probably. You're not going to get hurt. You're going to be
1: fine. Are you sure? Yeah, I bought a bunch of I bought a bunch, a bunch of, of first updates. aid kits. <laughs> I did. I did get some stuff for when my feet inevitably hurt. But uh, yeah, some mole, bring some moleskin. That's going to be good to have. Yes, I think that is what I got. And um and I got uh, and I got an, a did several you, sh- sh- layers and shells and did You shit get a decent like
0: shoe? Did you get a decent hiking shoe? I did, did have a I hiking did hiking shoe? not
1: know, and I did not break it in. And oh, and the girl God. said, "Well, you're probably going to get some blisters." Break those in bro. But I don't uh, don't what you What size just, is your shoe? Eleven and a half. Don't you just do, do this You want
0: to take mine that are broken in?
1: But don't you just do the same thing on the trip that you would do walking around to break them in? Yeah, but you're not like the idea
0: being you're not you're not Four miles into a 16 mile hike or something like that, you're well, just breaking know. them in at your required.
1: Luckily, I think I'll be protected by the fact that I can't walk more than five blocks without being out of breath. So. This is crazy. I, don't, I can't uh, wait. Uh, oh,
0: we also, I kept saying Ked and Jennings last week oh yeah, instead that was of another, Jenkins. That's, right. another, that's another correction. Another, uh, we own up to our flaws. So, this is fascinating. You're going to Patagonia. Are you, are you staying in some sort of luxury uh, resort? I honestly, no it will idea. be much You're like a
1: transporter going, being transported down to a planet where we can't scan the surface because uh, our friend, our mutual friend Steve, who works with us at the Goldbergs, is the one who said, hey, I'm going to Patagonia. We got into a conversation. I said, do you want any company? He said, yeah. And then we both went. And he organized everything. And I keep looking at stuff. And I'm like, wait, how long is the flight there? So, uh, the flight be, there is long it's real long and it's, it's real long it's several you gotta
0: make a couple stops
1: right yeah we gotta stop in Mexico and then we gotta fly on and then there's gonna be other stuff like like I think we're stopping in Santiago uh-huh. and then there for a night and then we're gonna drive another four or five hours it's like the whole thing is insanity so and I know nothing about what's going to happen it's, it's a, a very interesting strange interesting adventure for you do you ever have you ever gone on trips like that no you always find figure
0: well you know i i go on trips like that accidentally by virtue of the fact that like dory plans everything and then i'm like where am i going okay let's go
1: yeah i need a dory
0: but it's never like we're never we're never like off to santiago for a night or you know yeah it's never that kind of a thing like our trip our next trip is uh
1: we're going to disney world right (laughs) i think i I think i know what to expect yeah i would i would know disney world that's very interesting going to disney world yeah, even though Disneyland is here, my parents are in Orlando. Oh, right, you said this to me last time. Yeah, I yeah. tune out a lot. I do like to
0: see my parents. Matt Cliff Bowl directed this episode, Andy. Okay, uh, it's one of uh, Frank's favorite directors. Oh, really? Cliff Bowl,
1: interesting. You're good. Uh, your were, best you gonna, friend. were you going to
0: play a thing?
1: I think I'm a little bit. Mm, no.
0: Oh, okay. I don't think so. Because I felt like you were winding up to play a thing. Anyway, Andy, this episode aired uh, October 2nd, 1989.
1: This is the instance of command. What was happening in the world? Let me tell you, Matt. Um, on October twenty second, uh, t- October second, nineteen eighty nine, Janet Jackson mm-hmm. led the U.S. pop charts with "Miss, Miss You much, much." Maybe that's right. Oh boy, let's hear
0: what that sounded like yes, while we're up we... there. Um, we don't need that it's music video ad. stuff. Well, it. It's
1: not an ad. It's He's music video one. preambles. Oh really? Yeah. Oh sure, I remember that. I loved Janet Jackson back in the day. While in the UK, uh, that's what I liked by Jive Bunny and Jai Bunny and the Mask master mixers was preferred black rain stayed in the lead at the box office while it's always something by gilda radner was a bestseller Kurt new york yankee center fielder aaron hicks was born jesus denmark enacted the world's first civil union allowance for same-sex partners good for you denmark uh, Manuel, ne- man- oh man, I'm a terrible podcaster. Manuel Noriega successfully foiled an attempted coup in Panama, and the Time Magazine cover was a "Day in the Life of China" special edition. Did you know that Gilda was married to G.
0: E. Smith from 1980 to 1982? G. E. Smith of the Saturday Night Live band, the Telecaster player. Really? <laughs> yep. Just found that out. And then she Did
1: she leave him For Gene Wilder Or that was Married Gene Wilder In 84 84 That's not much Of a turnaround 82 to 84 That's plenty of time Yeah I guess that's true
0: Plenty of time To fall in love Andy Is that right Who knows What you're gonna do In Patagonia That's Oh wow (laughs) I think I'm gonna Fall in love With my Sherpa (laughs) Anything else That's it That's the news That's the news That's what was going on then Simpler time Everybody Simpler time (laughs) was it that's all that was happening
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: i'm sure there was more all right this episode was directed by cliff Bull, written by melinda m snodgrass everybody's favorite writer of measure of a man
1: right she wrote measure of a man didn't she yes the uh used to be an an it consultant right or was uh, that her? I thought she was a lawyer oh maybe she was a lawyer
0: uh but anyway she seems to get data like she likes to write a little data action
1: she again. sure does okay so here's the
0: uh Here is the synopsis of this episode, everybody. The reclusive Shaliak corporate breaks its one hundred and eleven year silence with the Federation to demand that Tau Signa Five, ceded to it by treaty, be cleared of a human settlement within three days. Forgotten by the United Federation of Planets, the Strayed Colony ship deposited settlers there ninety years earlier. They have tamed the desert and now number over fifteen thousand. News of the colony is doubly surprising, since the settlers had to adapt to the fatal hyper hyperonic radiation that bathes the planet. Because of that danger, data is sent to announce the evacuation, but he runs up against a stubborn leader, Goshevin. Who shrugs off the unseen Sheliak's threat and won't budge despite his people's growing qualms? Picard and Troy ask for a delay from the Sheliak, but the presumptive race is stubborn, as the Ty Sagnanians—or whatever the hell you would say that—Ty Sag Ty Signans, I suppose.
1: Mm, You're better than mine.
0: Data gets nowhere in his mission despite the help of a far-sighted Signan woman, uh, Aid Ard Ardrian.
1: I think it was Ardy. Oh, yeah, I guess Ardrian is a long name. Ardrian, yeah. But people Uh, called her Ardhi.
0: Until he finally shows the settlers the dangers they face by launching a frightening, though restrained show of force. Picard congratulates Data on the creativity of his effort after achieving a victory of his own, beating the arrogant Sheliak with their own treaty at the evacuation (laughs) to get the evacuation delayed. Oh, hey, ah, guys, thank you so much. Director Cliff Bowl once again came up against a budget axe as he watched his episode take a $200,000 cut at the last minute. Hmm, <laughs> That's crazy. By why, the way. Did, why did he take it? I don't know. They, they, they probably needed it for something else.
1: That's right. I don't
0: understand this episode. I mean, I don't understand this, the, the way they did things. The show cost $1.5 million. Right,
1: yeah. so, which sure. was um, enormous. The, for the show time. cost
0: one point five million dollars to make. By the time it was sold to syndication, it was sold to two hundred and seventy-six stations. Right, mm-hmm. right. It was the first run syndication. By the time the show was sold into first run syndication, that show, an episode of Star Trek: The Next Generation, was worth six million dollars to Paramount. Wow! They only paid one point five million dollars in a budget. Wow! The show was immediately worth. Six and a half million dollars, crazy. So they already they clear a five million dollar profit before it airs,
1: and that's I wonder why. I guess eventually they just the cast wants to leave, right? Or at least Patrick Stewart. Like, why don't they just go on forever?
0: Uh, some of them would have, but they were like, okay, we're gonna because they had Deep Space Nine running, Voyager was coming, and they were like, well, let's move you guys to movies.
1: Um, I just spotted something interesting, uh, Matt. What 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 is it? Sheliak director in the instance of Command, was also the voice of Armus. Oh, Mart Dane McChesney's voice. It's an actor. Oh, that's, that's interesting. Cool. Um, let's see what else he was in. Just a thought. Well, listen, Data uh, wants.
0: To, this is the first of. This is the first time you've seen a concert in Ten Forward, right?
1: Hmm. In Ten Forward, perhaps. It can't be the first time we've seen a concert.
0: Well, I feel like this is the first of 9,000 concerts in Ten Forward we're going to be seeing for the rest of our days here. Oh, yeah, there are a lot. Oh, yeah. By the way, I love that uh, O'Brien somehow plays the cello. (laughs) Only this one time.
1: That was the most incongruous of anything we saw. May I suggest you
0: attend the second
1: concert?
2: Why, Data?
3: Ensign Ortiz will perform the violin part. My rendition will be less enjoyable. Oh. Although I am technically proficient According to my fellow performers I lack Soul
2: Data Telling us why you're going to fail Before you make the attempt Is never wise
3: But Is not
5: honesty Always the preferred choice? (laughs) Excessive honesty Can be disastrous Particularly in the commander Indeed Knowing your own limitations is one thing Advertising them to a crew can damage your credibility as a leader. You hear that, Andy? Because you will lose their confidence.
1: But I can't help it.
2: And you may begin to believe in those limitations <laughs> yourself.
1: I feel like people have more confidence in you when you call out your own flaws.
2: No, that's not what
0: he's saying. Whatever. Don't listen to this. You're not listening to Captain Picard. The one person you should be listening to always in your life. What does
1: that guy know about being a leader? Oh, I love that music. Heine so Kline it's Why Mozart. Why are they doing it now? I was a real Mozart nerd when I was a child. Sledding. Were you really? I was. It's a fun Andy fact that I've never known about. Yep. Everybody, write that down.
0: <laughs> 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 write that down in your Andy fact book. On
5: screen.
4: Let's Federation if... creatures. Yeah,
0: okay, that's Armas for, the, for sure.
4: Planet of Talisina. This planet was ceded to the corporate in section 133, paragraph 77 of the Treaty of Armets.
1: We
5: will
6: begin settlement
1: of this world in four days. Remove the humans. What the... Federation d- creatures, there are humans <laughs> on the fifth planet. I just cons- saying, what the fuck? <laughs> I think he
6: was going to. signa 5 is in the Delore belt. Heavy concentrations of hyperonic radiation. Humans can't survive in that environment. Exposure to hyperonic radiation is fatal. Then the Sheliak are asking us to chase
5: ghosts. No, number one. Sheliak haven't broken a century of silence to send us after phantoms.
1: There's so many aliens that An have been silent aura. for a century.
5: Said course of Five.
0: That's what happens when you're in space that long. You know, they've been the you know the Federation's
1: been around for a couple hundred years. This point, you know, it is interesting though that they're like that's the the Shelyak are such a hostile race toward humans it is interesting that they're not more like i don't think they're hostile i think they're just annoyed by humans they look down on them and they want they're willing to eradicate them at a moment's notice i think uh, under the fairness of their treaty sure uh-huh um i've I had something else I was going to say but you know what bell i don't remember <laughs> <laughs> oh boy it's, it's late <laughs> Oh, I remember what I was going to say. Oh, yeah, Great yeah. teaser. Oh, you like that Solid teaser, teaser and strong. I, that's one thing that's like right off the bat. Um, just a really, they really, they're, I don't know in terms of hitting their stride how I feel about this episode and I can get into it more later. I feel like it's all, still a little tepid. I feel like it's like good. Everything's good. Yeah. The characters are clearly solid. Um, you know, to, to uh, our listeners' complaint about our low ratings, it's sort of like, uh, for me, I judge it by how much internally I'm like, this is awesome, or this is moving, or this is fascinating. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of feel like, mm, yeah, this, is, this is reasonable storytelling. Yeah, I agree with that.
6: They're
3: now inoperable.
6: So are the ship's phasers. How can humans survive down there?
2: They must have found a way to adapt. Mylan's work with radiation sensitivity suggests it is possible, perhaps with extensive virotherapy.
5: Well, whoever they are, however they survive, we've got to get them off the planet. By treaty, that world still belongs to the Sheliak. Who are within their rights to demand the removal of these trespassers? If we don't
6: remove them, the Sheliak will, forcefully?
7: How forcefully?
6: The I consider humans a lower life form. They would have no compunctions about exterminating the intruders. It's Cold. If you're unaffected by hyperonic
5: radiation. I'd like you to go down to the planet via shuttlecraft and commence evacuation procedures. Aye, sir.
1: Peace. Number one. In one of the only times we're sending you down <laughs> Any screen which should happen might all the time. Down
6: there. My guess would be a lone survey craft... Maybe a dozen or so survivors.
1: I bet that's not what they find. I was a little confused on why there were so many people they just bred over a hundred years. Yes. Mm
0: -hmm. But I don't know how many... They didn't know that it was a colonization ship that went. Oh, they didn't know what was there. They didn't know what was there. They just assumed it was, you know, a small group. So a colonization (sighs) ship, I have no idea how many people are on that. Andy, hang in there. It's the Ensigns of Command. Sure. (laughs) Yeah, whatever.
3: In the early days on Tau Cigna 5, survival was more important than history.
5: Understood. How many are there? 15,253,
6: sir What? 15,000? Three days, no transporters We'll never get them out in time Shuttles? Loading
5: all the Enterprise shuttlecraft to capacity Evacuation will take Four weeks, four days We need more time No doubt Mr. Data, prepare the colonists for an evacuation Aye, sir Get me the Chaliac Their home world is quite distant, Captain. This will take some time.
0: Here's what I would have done. Uh Uh-huh. I would have uh, immediately separated... Started to build a giant rope from the planet. I would have immediately separated the saucer section. Uh Uh-huh. I would have sent the star drive back. Oh, so
1: smart, Matt! I would have
0: have sent the star drive back, and I would have started to have the fucking... I would have started to have the shuttle... I would have started to have the evacuation going. But why
1: would you even have to send the shuttle, the star drive back?
0: Oh I would send the star drive When he wants to go intercept the Shellyak ship Oh I see I that would was, yeah. I would just be getting people off see, this is why As this soon as possible be captain right here. I'd be like alright we don't have that yeah, time Why we do you even have time.
1: Time? that fucking saucer Separate the shuttle. saucer
0: section guys we're doing it
1: I'm doing a lot of cursing and I understand that there are children listening And I apologize Well you know what at least they've written in to tell us That's true
0: Oh, you know what I noticed about uh, Gilgamesh, whatever the hell his name is? What's his name? Gravesh? Goshevin. Goshevin? Goshevin? Goshevin. Goshevin? Goshevin. Goshevin.
1: Yes, Goshevin.
0: You know, it's a fun game trying to remember these alien names. Goshevin. It is. (laughs) was pretty good. I want to know what he's doing in this scene when Data comes to visit him he seems to be he's like the leader of the people right he's the 15,000 right. he seems to be really fascinated by this pool of water he's like working, that's the aqueduct I understand that but uh-huh. like why is he so into this
1: I touch like, my like, eyes and I have an allergic reaction okay. Bo <laughs> okay sorry guys really and he's falling apart
0: <laughs> I'm not gonna last long in Patagonia oh my god <laughs> Uh, they have dogs there, buddy. Oh no! Oh no! Oh no! Was right.
1: Okay, sorry. Lieutenant
0: Commander Data of Starship Enterprise. He's an android. Here, hold so my
3: he water
1: is. tester. They are obsessed well, with
3: the, here, the Aqueduct.
0: What do you want? My mission is to prepare this colony for evacuation. By the way, there's no. Why? Confusing this, this guy for not to the Shelia. Not evil. Who <laughs> oh is yeah.
3: The term is plural. The Cheliac are a non-humanoid intelligent life form, classification R3. Well, this colony has been here over 90 years. We've never
8: seen a Cheliac. I'd say that makes Tau Cigna 5 our planet. The original destination of the Artemis was Septimus Minor. The guidance system on the Artemis failed. Took him off course, far off course.
0: Well, listen let's get back to this oh I like the um, oh we should probably go over the meeting of uh, what's her face oh yeah Artie
7: I was curious
0: found a new toy have we Artie
7: toy this is the most incredible android I've ever seen
1: have you seen many actually no so what? what's that moment she didn't she legitimately hasn't seen other androids how does she know what an android is
0: she's from the federation i, I mean androids we know what androids are we don't have any she had a robot in her room she had a weird robot that was clearly made out of uh, gas cans
1: <laughs> or pots
0: yeah like mufflers like i feel like they got i feel like they like left the paramount lot and went to that muffler place on santa monica and sure. just like said hey can you guys make us robots and they're like all right yeah you that would get this right,
8: excited over a walking calculator
1: That seems like an odd reference.
7: Cybernetic intelligence fascinates me. Are your neural pathways duotronic?
1: No, positronic.
7: I didn't know that was possible. What's your memory capacity? How many operations per second? I have a million questions.
3: I'm afraid I have no time to answer a million questions. I have a mission to accomplish. I need to know more about your people, and Goshevin seems unwilling to talk to me
1: further. Side note about Goshevin. Did you notice anything about him? No. <laughs> very, very bad dubbing. And I was like, is this all ADR? Which is oh, sort of after the fact looping. And uh, I just uh, checked uh, um, Memory Alpha. Granger Hines' dialogue, who played Goshevin, was dubbed by another actor at his request. One reason given was he was unhappy with his performance, which could not have been true unless he was a total maniac. Another reason suggests that the director felt that Hines' voice wasn't right for the character of goshevin as they pictured him which also seems completely baffling like unless he was like you gotta get off my planet you don't belong here my i'm goshevin <laughs> my grandfather died on that mountain Holy you could be so excited about a
0: calculator walking around <laughs> it's really weird i can't believe they'd spend the money to adr an entire performance so insane so here's the deal It has to be that Cliff Bowl didn't like it, because there's no fucking way on earth that an actor would be like, I don't like my performance. Please ADR this. (laughs)
1: There's no world. No. (laughs) There's no world where that happens. Get the fuck out of my... That must have been his reinventing it, because he was so clearly dubbed over. But what could it have been? Weird. That's a question I want to ask someone. Wait, what is his name? Uh, The actor's name is... I just lost the fucking, oh, I cursed again. Man, when I get tired, I we get, are. I sailors. cuss up a storm. We are sailors. Um, oh, I went to the wrong. I'm so sorry, guys. I'm a mess. I was going to curse again. Um, <laughs> Weirdly, we were going to do nine o'clock and then Andy pushed it to 930.
0: Granger Hines. <laughs> you wanted to be more of a mess. Granger Hines. Yeah, let me look him
1: up. I'm looking him up. That's what okay. I'm doing. Well, let's everybody look him up. How do you spell Heinz? Look him up at home. Like Heinz Field? No, like Gregory Hines. Oh. He's okay, so neck.
0: here we are. I... This is Gregory Hines's hair transplant testimonial. <laughs> what? It's two minutes and 56 seconds long.
2: I
1: didn't know he had tra- hair transplant. I can't wait to hear his voice.
0: He's a patient of Dr. Mark Dower.
1: About two weeks after your first procedure. It's not Gregory
0: Tell us a little bit about... No, it's almost two weeks. Yeah, almost two weeks. Tell us about how the day was itself, the procedure, Um, what the recovery was, how you feel now, and how you feel about doing
5: it in the first place. Well, the day day of, I was tremendously... um, Anxiety. You know, I just didn't know... I didn't know what was what was going to happen. I mean, I was excited, but at the same time, I was... I, huh, know, I
6: can't wait is, to
0: get this that? hair done.
5: But I have to say, it was an absolutely...
1: It's uh, not pretty madness, bad work.
0: Um uh, uh, great work. And Guys, I think, I think Andy and I <laughs> know what we're doing with that, <laughs> with that Ripley's money. <laughs> uh, I want
1: to hear his work. voice like... I mean that sounds like him, right? It, it it sounds like a slightly more I don't know if the word is Jewy or I'm a Jew. Um, or I can uh, say it. I'm a Jew. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I can be completely anti-Semitic. I'm a Jew. Um, I don't know. It's like sort of schlubby. I guess is why I'm using the 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 term Jewish. But
0: he, another actor so did it, know, or did he no, do no, it?
1: No, another actor did his voice in this. That's so weird. Yeah. Well, uh he's Gr- Granger Hines.
0: Granger, this guy. If you're out there, give us a call.
1: Oh, and by the way, that was that information was from the Next Generation Companion. So,
0: oh, Um, Larry Niekirk. Oh, sweet! I found uh, his uh,
1: his hey, acting reel. A few
3: years ago, the guy up for parole. I need you to make a statement at his hearing.
5: And you took me off a crime scene for this, Chief.
1: Oh, NYPD blue. Yeah.
3: There have been rumblings about your team. How do you mean? I need an honest no,
5: assessment of what these
8: Miami. kids are up to. Mm-hmm. OK. I'm Our song so is second to none. But one of your CSIs is an open leak to the media.
1: He's very New York-y, but I don't polite. know what. He's more of a follower, really. You play a lot of online
3: video games, Mr. Coulter? I tried to get
5: him into sports, but he never took to them.
3: You familiar with a game called Renegade Massacre?
5: <laughs> it's just a game. I don't
3: know
1: what would have been the wrong with the his
5: voice. Play online games with other kids all the time. That day we lost a child too. This is just as crazy as her mother was.
8: It's not my problem. She is not gonna drill on this land. Hmm.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I
1: don't think. It's I mean, that bad. that. I gotta
2: say,
0: that's uh, that's pretty gilgamesh
1: uh, go, 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 go. What's <laughs> his name? Gogosian. G- <laughs> Goshevin, 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 Goshevin. Yeah, it feels like it's right on target. Uh-huh. I don't know what the deal is.
0: At I love minute. this. I love this scene.
6: We're giving you an assignment. The one thing we don't want to hear is that it's impossible. I need the transporters to function despite the
5: hyperonic radiation. Yeah, but that's impossible. Um <sighs> yes,
1: sir. I love it too. <laughs> it's really nice. That's like that's the the epitome the epitome of a protocol scene. It's got character. It's got stuff about you know the way the chain of command works. It's really nice. I yeah, like that O'Brien says nothing and just sighs, <laughs> yeah, and then walks out. That's why he uh, moved up the chain because he could do he could make a lot Even at if we a get little. Get the Shelley-Oc
6: to talk. They're not likely to be accommodating,
2: Captain. When the treaty was first negotiated, the Federation sent 372 legal experts. What do we have?
1: The and me. Is that a reference to something? The and me?
0: The is just, and me? Is just a Shakespeare thing? Uh, it's you and I, I guess. It's just a, a, a fun way to say it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one of these fun ways.
1: Sure. You know, Picard, he's always uh, saying something, you know, having a a play on language in some way. These people,
5: may I offer a compromise? Denied. Why? The law is paramount. We are entitled. This is not a law. It is a treaty. It is designed to smooth relations between races, not to act as a straight... jacket.
7: You really think we'll have to leave Tau Signa Five?
3: The possibility does exist, yet Goshevin seems unwilling to prepare for it. Why?
7: Maybe because you're an android? I don't think Goshevin likes the idea of machines ordering him around.
3: I'm not ordering him to do anything. I'm merely trying to persuade him that his people should prepare to evacuate. A substance composed of Two atoms of hydrogen it's not water it's blood and it's sweat
8: it's the result of 90 years of combined effort this isn't a town it's a monument to every man woman and child who's lived and died on Tau Signa 5
0: you know I thought that the ADR was because it, the water was too loud like I thought that's what happened it's so
1: weird to me that they there's like two different versions of that story where it's just pinning it on somebody's evaluation of the performance so
7: Goshivin, you're talking nonsense
1: Am I? My grandfather is buried on that mountain.
8: He died in a rock slide surveying the route for this aqueduct. This colony exists because of his sacrifice.
7: He died the sacrifice on a rock And thousands slide. of others.
3: No, we are not leaving. The Sheliak will not accept humans on their planet. And they will not hesitate to use force to remove you. We'll not be bullied off our land, not by you, and not by the Sheliak.
1: By the way, that Sheliak ship, I think, is kind of awesome. And Stubborn I think it's from Star irrational. Trek Three, the now merchant do do? cargo ship. Would you like
0: one? Yeah. Okay. There'll be one at your house when you get home. Hooray! That's how it works here. <laughs> <laughs>
6: Discovered it. Ah. Ah, is right, Data. The lives of 15,000 people are riding on you. You'd better get innovative. Riker out.
7: Data?
1: Oh Yeah Is this a scene where he says Do something with that Fancy posit- positronic brain ears Yeah I really like that Oh well then And that was old school Jonathan uh, Like Riker I was saying uh, My sense was that When he was being all smiling In the previous episode That's like Oh I wonder if they took a turn And he's now Into You know Friendly uh, Riker Sigma 5 mm-hmm. But then he was cracking Two the whip days. On Data
0: One Well of he's motivating He's a good
1: commander room. That's right we're going to intercept that ship. Did he commandeer when Yacht you guys answer, were was it's a hostile act. That- what? Did he when you were like ordering Chinese for something? It was like, we're not getting that, Myra. <laughs> we're getting the Chinese broccoli. No, I It's uh, healthier.
0: Uh, I did a lot of the ordering. What do we have to take. <laughs> Everybody's got their specialties. Trust the fat guy. <laughs>
6: Enterprise is going to intercept the Sheliak Colony ship. Now, your job, well, you know what your job is. Commander, in human parlance, I do not believe
3: I can get the job done. My training has prepared me for Starship command duties. As a cultural contact, I am proving to be less than exemplary. What's the situation? Their leader refuses my counsel. He denies the logic of my arguments and speaks of structures they have built. Then try something else. I have, sir. In the last three hours and eight minutes, I have spoken with fifty-six colonists. Ten of those refuse to believe a threat exists. Twenty-two favor staying and fighting the Shelley
1: Act. Four flipped off. Sixteen
3: prefer negotiation or some sort of passive
6: resistance.
1: Five asked Only if eight eight I can get a boner. To
6: consider evacuation. <laughs> <Dub> those eight. <laughs> Data. I can't help you. I don't know these people. I haven't talked to them. You have. Use that fancy positronic brain of yours. You carry out your mission. Sir, if I do not succeed, how violent is the Sheliak reaction likely to be? The treaty is the only thing that prevented them from eradicating the colony the moment they discovered it. Ah. Ah is right, Data. The lives of 15,000 people are riding on you. You'd better get innovative. Riker out.
7: Data? We're having an effect.
0: I like the data I like that uh, Riker went to the observational lounge To have that little powwow with the data Oh really? Yeah
1: It's like oh, Sure It's fun going to switch up the uh-
0: I The follow up Here's now the second scene of them trying to fix the transporter This is Picard walking in This is a favorite scene of mine also in this episode They're beaming back uh, They're testing it with these uh, containers And the containers are coming back in various melted forms
5: now, are we progressing, Mr. LaForge? About like you'd expect, sir. Splendid. Splendid. Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> he wants the impossible. That's the short definition
0: of captain.
1: That's pretty uppity there. I love it. I love that. <laughs> He's throwing it back in Wesley's face, even though he said the same thing in the previous scene. Mm-hmm.
0: data trying reverse psychology.
3: You all know of the Shellyak threat. Starfleet wishes to evacuate you for your own protection. Yet Goshiban has decided otherwise. That is his right. And I will not waste time trying to reverse that decision. I admire your conviction. In the face of certain defeat. Though doomed, your effort will be valiant. And when you die, you will die for land and for honor.
1: When he does the cough clap, (laughs) slow clap. Your
3: children will understand that they are dying for a worthy cause. (laughs) Long after the battle is over, their courage will be remembered. And extolled.
7: Remembered by who?
3: Yes, that is true. There will be no one left alive to remember.
1: <laughs> A sarcastic clap. Their technology How about is it tri, advanced. Try
0: Android. <laughs> Valiant try Android. Yeah. That's the story. That's the autobiography of Data.
1: I think you skipped over when the girl makes the move on Data. I should probably get to that. Get your mind out of the gutter, buddy.
0: Uh, What move is it? What are you talking about? She she kisses kisses him. him, When is that? Is
1: it after the... It's
0: prior
3: to I must assume your intention was to express... Oh, this here.
7: Public meeting.
1: Is
3: there any indication that Goshevin has changed his position?
7: No, but a meeting will give you a chance to present your recommendations.
3: So far, my attempts at persuasion have been ineffective.
0: That's kiss music Sure Why did you do that?
7: You appeared to need it
3: Among humans A kiss usually serves to seal a friendship Or indicates support Attraction Affection In this context I must assume that your intention Was to express Support
7: You really don't understand human behavior, do you?
3: That is something of an understatement
7: Well, Sometimes I don't either Androids are a lot more rational
3: Thus far that quality Has not helped me to accomplish
0: my mission
7: A rational argument isn't always enough Maybe to be more
2: persuasive You need to use a little Reverse psychology
0: Which we just saw
2: Alien race communicates with another Is quite remarkable I feel
1: like we gotta hook that girl up with Geordie. Or maybe they'd be totally uninterested in each other Because neither is a machine They'd have a lot to
2: talk about (laughs) We are stranded When did you
0: first kiss Data?
1: Well (laughs) Wouldn't it be great if you could have have a club where you just had sex with machines?
2: I've never met anyone else who thought that Susmarith What did I just say?
5: Cup Glass
2: Are you sure? I may have meant liquid, clear, brown, hot we conceptualize the universe in relatively the same way.
5: Point taken.
2: In your talks, you must the card
5: be extremely
2: accurate.
0: She is, I the think, very useful is here. The
2: 500,000 words. The length was to accommodate the Sheliak. They consider our language irrational and demanded this level of complexity to avoid any future misunderstandings.
6: Captain. We have the vessel carrying the Sheliak colonists on visual. On
5: my way. So, it begins.
1: Yes, Andy? I feel like Frakes has a weird sunburn in this episode. (laughs) He's very red. Uh, Maybe he's red all season, but I've only seen him in a couple of episodes. Granted. He's probably living the high life at this point. Was that an invitation? Hey, was he single? I am taking it as such, Counselor. No, yeah, it
0: was, m- he married Jeannie Francis, like, what, the year before? Two years before? Ugh, what are you
1: doing, Riker?
0: Marrying Laura from General Hospital. What do yeah, you I mean? That's what a are pretty you good
1: doing? Bet. They're still together. Are they really? Yeah. That's adorable.
8: But we'd settled this. Apparently that is not correct. Still stirring up trouble?
7: Since when is talk trouble?
0: Hmm. Good point.
8: It's over. Don't you get it? You had your say. You lost. I appear to be reversing that defeat. No, you're not. You're just stubborn. Well, let me tell you something. <gasps> so am I.
7: Damn you, Goshabin.
8: You killed him. I've killed no one. I merely shut down a machine. That's it, everyone. It's time to go home.
1: Nothing more to see here.
5: You'll see that I'm right. When we're dead. We will comply with your request to remove the colony from Tau Sigma 5, but we need time. The given time has elapsed. We carry the membership, and we will proceed with their debarkation.
2: The temporary presence of these humans should not interfere with your plans.
5: Unacceptable. You must remove the creatures I'm trying But the needed ship will not be available for three weeks Then you are in violation I have admitted
3: that Humans seem to take much stronger notice of actions
1: They gave the um, I require a phaser The Sheliac creatures a little bit of an (laughs) armacy
0: Well it's like like he's in a giant uh, blanket
1: is that what's holding them well, together? seems like he's in a giant blanket. They're, just like, they're basically armises that decided to wrap a blanket around themselves. Yeah, they were cold armises. <laughs> cold armises. <laughs> they're
0: cold <laughs> concentrations of evil. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Which makes them a little less evil because they're warmer than... Yeah, that's
0: interesting. Um, so Data gets to work on a phaser. He needs a phaser. Yeah. We're all like, why does why does Data need a phaser? Yeah. And... Meanwhile, with the Shelly Axe.
5: It's a wolf. Hailing frequency. Open. They're not responding. They don't have to answer. They just have to listen. Chelliac vessel, you will have to get past me to get at the colony on Tau Cigna 5. No response. Close channel. And get me that treaty. They've been beating us over the head with it for three days. And see if we can't find something in it that we can turn to our own advantage,
1: Uh, Captain. This is the first time you want to read the treaty? This is this is what I'm. This is, this is my issue with that. And also, frankly, there uh, there have been. L- l- I know there have been in the original series. Have we seen lawyers other than the one in Measure of Man? Is there not a lawyer on every? Or a treaty expert on every ship? I'm sure there are legal
0: counsels everywhere. But usually what they do in the Enterprise is just have Data read it.
1: But with the... Oh, I see. So maybe it's just a it's a dumb break in They're the like, chain of oh, command. They're
0: like, oh, wait a second. Data's not
1: here to read this in Oh, I seconds. can't read this. This is an endless. Um, because it's just like, if that's their main thing, that should have been read immediately. Frankly, I'm not sure that that was Troy's advice anyway. She was sort of saying something about language, but it seemed very obscure. I think she was,
0: for me, I thought she was just talking about like what, how, like the communication process with this species that communicates in an entirely different
1: way. When when it should have been been from the beginning is, hey, why don't we just really, like a bunch of good lawyers, go over the contract and find a loophole?
0: Because I'm a doctor, not a lawyer. Yeah, That's what McCoy would say if he were here. He sure would. Anyway. Data starts uh, firing phasers, like a like a Data, mm-hmm. and then he comes out, and he tells them about phasers. That was the stun setting. This is not. The entire aqueduct goes up.
3: I can reduce this pumping station to a pile of debris. But I trust my point is clear. I am but one android with a single weapon. There are hundreds of Sheliak on the way and their weapons are far more powerful. They may not offer you a target. They can obliterate you from orbit. You will die, never having seen the faces of your killers. The choice is yours.
5: There are other places, other challenges.
1: Yes. Yes. Listen to Kantar. Yes. Listen to Kantar. Kantar really does make some good points. Listen to Kantar. That's a good t-shirt. Let's go, Kantar. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Kantar does some... If, if At least want, Kantar has his own voice. If, if you watch the... Um, if you watch the when Data blows the, the pumping station, Kantar makes the best extra face.
6: <laughs> he does.
0: <laughs> it's very over the top Cantar so reacts uh all right so they so they uh, crack open that treaty and quite frankly Picard is very pleased with what they find
5: one thousand two hundred and ninety I hereby formally request third party arbitration of our dispute you have the right furthermore pursuant to subsection d three I name. The Grisellas to arbitrate.
1: Oh, snap.
5: I want to... Just walk up with the shelly. Yes, sir.
0: I love when he walks over to the Enterprise flag. It's pretty The great. dedication flag,
5: <laughs> yeah. Coming through, sir. I don't know why I
0: went back to this, but...
5: Pursuant to paragraph 1290. I hereby formally request third-party arbitration of our dispute. You have the right. Furthermore, pursuant to subsection D3, I name the Grizellas to arbitrate. Grizellas. Unfortunately, they are currently in their hibernation cycle. However, they will awaken in six months, at which time we can get this matter settled. <laughs> now, do you want to wait? Or give me my three weeks? Absurd. We carry the membership we can brook no delay. Then I hereby declare this treaty in abeyance. Wait. Negotiation is permissible. You enjoyed that? You're damned right.
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Captain. Riker's never been more love with Picard battles. than right now. You're like, Troy's into it, too.
0: wharf has got a little bit of a ridge happening. Is there going to be a, an orgy
1: <laughs> on the bridge?
0: Uh, good old Enterprise Sir. dedication plaque. Do you have that somewhere in here? No, I don't.
1: Oh, I'm surprised.
0: Some good space work right there. On screen. I wonder Man. if that's in the script. Let's find out Then he walks over
1: You may
5: have your three weeks Picard Enterprise Thank you Captain We can do it We can modify the transporters Excellent It'll take 15 years And a research team of 100 Mr. Forge I believe we will postpone Yes sir
0: Lieutenant Commander Dayton day, uh, you know LeVar gets to shoot all his scenes in one day.
1: Picard studies his nails, takes a turn around the bridge, settles himself back in the command chair. see mm-hmm. that was on that was a found on the set situation. Mm-hmm. Hey, why doesn't he go over to the plaque? Um, yeah, I really do enjoy that seems moment like very a classic much. cliff bowl move. <laughs> classic cliff bowl
7: so you. Saw that I was unhappy and and did what you concluded would make me feel better. <laughs>
2: <Just> <laughs> Rational to the down. last.
0: Anyway, I'm out. <laughs> the last little moment with card.
3: The playing is quite beautiful. Strictly speaking, sir, it is not my playing. It is a precise imitation of the techniques of Yasha
5: Heifetz and Trinka Bronken. Is there nothing of data in what I'm hearing? You see, you chose the violinist. Heifetz and Bronken have radically different styles, different techniques, and yet... You combine them successfully. I suppose I have learned to be creative, sir, when necessary. Mr. Data, I look forward to your next concert.
0: That date is going to (laughs) be
1: (laughs) A-OK. I really like that scene. All right, Andy. I really like that scene that they're, that, that's a very smart approach to how data is becoming human and or is human is his creativity and making choices and stuff. Um, I really appreciate that. I found a scene. Mm-hmm, Would mm-hmm. you care for a little deleted scene theater? Oh, God. Uh, do you want to come over here? Should I turn this around? Yeah. Yeah. He's got to stand up. He hates it. Oh, I, have to get it. I have to go over here. Um, you be Wesley. Oh, some more transporter action. I'll be O'Brien and Jordy. Interior transporter room. Uh, Wesley, Jordy, and O'Brien. Uh, there are now three intact test objects and four trash ones this is when they're trying to repair the uh-huh. transporter. The These are three exhausted people. They've been working around the clock. Maybe if we bypass the auto-sequence and decompile the pattern buffer? It's no crazier than anything else we've tried. That's Wesley. It's, that's Jordy. Uh Wesley uh, drops by the panel, drops down by the panel, begins to tinker, while Geordie places the last test object in the platform, suddenly transport a console, blows a fuse, electricity races across the panel, and the console goes dark. O'Brien is not a happy man. Wesley slowly stands up. O'Brien struggles with himself, but can't master it. Ensign Crusher. Yes, sir. If you ever touch my transporter again, I'll kill you. Sorry, sir. Was Great a nice scene. Thing. It's a good scene. Great scene. Does,
0: does O'Brien have a line?
1: I don't think he does. Oh, wow. He might. He might in that scene when they go in and look at the the trash stuff. No, but I don't think he does. No, I don't think he talks. I love if you ever touch my transporter again, I'll kill you. <laughs> I wonder if they cut that because it was a little too harsh, but I love it.
0: Uh, well, that's delightful. Uh, Andy, it's time to uh, announce our most valuable crew member.
1: I think you're right.
8: Well, it's the MVC. Yeah, the MVC. Only Matt and Andy know who it's gonna be. Will it be Data? Riker, Troy, or Dr. Crusher, gotta fill the time with something, at least until season three.
1: I kind of want to give it to you for figuring out that saucer section
2: (laughs) solution.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Just to expedite the evacuation. That's all I would have done.
0: Um... But uh, all right, we got boy, Troy. Oh boy. it's a lot. There's a Troy's lot happening here. Doing the in
1: language here. thing, I don't think that really solved anything. I feel like it's Picard who chose to do the lawyerly thing and dig into the to the treaty, and then you got and then he got Data, who obviously saves everybody on the planet. So we should maybe address at some point, in lieu of the ship being directly in danger, do we shift to who was most effective at the mission? To judge
0: who's right. most valuable, but here's the crew question numbers. though, because the mission was to evacuate the people. Yeah, <laughs> they can't do that without Picard giving them the extra, getting them the extra time. Well, you know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, but I mean, I if mean, you, you finally
0: wanna... get uh, Data does what? Data blows up a fucking uh, pumping station. D- data data uh,
1: essentially makes them not have water for the next three weeks <laughs> right <laughs> while they're back they're like this is gonna be a pain in the ass let's just get off this planet um no i agree and actually it points out a thing i'm about to say in the andes section of uh i just don't know about the the, the threat in this episode and how they how data figures his way <laughs> well, out Well, i
0: think what the episode is really uh, for me is about well let's get back to the NBCs okay. for a second um There's nobody else, it's right? It's got to be it's got to be split between Picard and Data.
1: Yeah, I think I agree with because you.
0: Because the whole the mission split between yeah. the sh- the surface and the and the ship. Yeah, and
1: they never figured out the
0: transporters.
1: So we yep. can't give it to any of them. Right. All right. Picard and Data. All right, half point each. All right, buddy. The
4: Andy. Or some other method of ranking. We're working on it.
1: Um yeah, I feel like the there, it's definitely solid. Like we're on track now, where there's nothing. It's just like, what am I watching? Like everything's good. All the all the uh, the acting is good. There's more character stuff. I love you know Picard getting fed up, and uh, and then enjoying turning the tables. I enjoyed the intention of sort of exploring Data's character. Mm-hmm. I don't know that it culminates in that much. I feel like he's not. The, he doesn't. I don't. I don't really understand why Goshevin... He keeps repeating this story about his grandfather. I don't understand why people are listening to him. He clearly seems insane. They're all sheep. So what? Data scares them into going back? Shouldn't they... Why would they dispute so completely? Are you saying wake up, sheeple? <laughs> In a way. Uh, why would they dispute so completely that uh, that these other aliens would have... At such advanced technology. When Data is displaying that advanced technology from the top, why does he need to do well, the phaser? Technology trick? is no more advanced than anything
0: that they're doing. I mean, they had to invent new weapons because phasers wouldn't work on that planet with that radiation. Whereas Data figured out how to make that happen, so they didn't have
1: phasers, right? Uh huh. Um. But she knew what an android was, but had never seen anything like him.
0: Well, I mean, it'd be like if I, you and I ended up trying to colonize somewhere, but we had people also good at colonization with us, and then in a hundred years, humans caught back up with us. Wouldn't they be that far ahead of us?
1: I'm not following your reasoning.
0: I mean, I don't know what your problem is. What I is your question? I do, uh, you don't understand why they, were, why they weren't believing
1: data? All of the plot turns in this episode seem tepid to me. They don't seem like the ship's never really in crisis. The big crisis is the people, and it's all dependent on them going. Yeah, okay, we'll go off the planet. This isn't. Yeah, well, I, I I don't look at this
0: episode as a ship crisis situation. I look at this as a very charactery episode of Star Trek.
1: Well, then you go to the character stuff, and I feel like it's mostly it's it's mostly on Data, and what is his big struggle? how to communicate with humans to convince them to save themselves. His big struggle is that his whole, like, trying to just be logical
0: and talk to them is not working. And that's what Data knows how to do. So Data has to then figure out how to
1: do something else. In the original series, um, there was a... uh, I don't remember the name of it. Uh, It was the one where Spock is on a shuttle... And uh, he's in charge of, the, uh, he's in charge of the, the crew and everything's going wrong and he's too logical every step of the way and he keeps putting the mission in more and more danger and McCoy's getting angrier at him. That was such... And then at the end he sort of gambles and saves them by acting illogically. That is such a more effective and high-stakes version, like, and really at the end of that, like, everybody was going to die... And everybody is going to die in this, but they're only going to die because they're all idiots. And they should, it's like there's no reason why they should listen to this guy who's like, "Hey, you're all going to die." I'm clearly from somewhere else. It's just, it's a little bit of straw man, which is like a fake, a fake danger. And I don't feel like it really plays out in a satisfying way in terms of why data, what data learns. Like, so he does the trick with the phaser. How does it's that sound It's not the trick. It's not that he a
0: trick with a phaser. He, it's that he gets creative. This whole episode is about Data's creativity. It starts with him talking about the fact that he has no soul. Uh-huh. The episode starts with Data saying, I have no soul. Right. The episode, then, you go into this problem that Data has. Data's trying uh-huh. his normal, robotic, android ways to do things. Uh-huh. The woman kisses Data. Data asks, why did Why did you do that? He's like, because you looked like you needed it. Okay. Yeah, that was nice so Data idea. absorbs that moment. Uh-huh. Data then reaches out to the most human commander he knows, Commander Riker. He's talking to Riker. Riker's like, Data, just do what you need to do to get this done. Data then tries reverse psychology. He's like, okay, well, I'll try this, even though it's kind of like lying to them. Well, it's not lying. It's this. So Data then tries that. Then the guy shocks Data, turns him off. Data comes back on and then is like, okay, well, that's not working either. I really have to think outside of the box. I need a phaser. How do I get a phaser? So then I, I do. I think there's more of an arc here for Data than you're, than you're realizing because then it, at the end it bookends with, the, with Picard listening to Data's performances and going, well, look, you might not have soul, as they say, but you, you have chosen these two violinists to play, you're, and you're choosing your command style. That was a nice
1: tie-in, and it was a subtle way of addressing and Data's he also character. kisses
0: her. Because yes. she needs it.
1: So he learned, he's absorbing and he's learning. He's learning about humanity, you're saying. But I guess even in the way you describe it, it's extremely episodic and we use episodic. That's, as a, That's a great thing for me to see in a Star Trek as episode. A, see, I don't feel like... In, I like episodic television. I, I, I like episodic television too. But episodic in terms of a writing term, uh, as you know, means like, and then it's this, and then it's this, and then it's this. And it's not... A progression of the plot in an exciting way. Even when he shocks Data, and it's like, is he dead? Is he whatever? Does it hinder him? No, he just wakes up, and then they move on into the next thing. So it's all just a series of the same things. Of I have to convince him. I'll try this way. It didn't work. I'll try this way. It didn't work. I'll try this way. It didn't work. I'll try this way. It worked. And it's not other than him trying different creative solutions, which I agree ties in 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 Picard's stance at the end storytelling wise there's not that much shift there's not that much tension and uh i i wasn't that high on this episode i like even though i like a lot of, i like that it's contained Uh, Uh, and i think it it has very few flaws other than it doesn't really seem to have much story drive that i care about i give it a three and a half oh wow i give it a six a little above average. Um, but I will also say I'm judging on a different curve now. So the listener who wrote in uh, has a valid point in that I'm now not looking at a completely <laughs> haphazard, bizarre thing with crazy character choices and going, oh, I like that Jordy did this thing that made sense. I'm now looking at a pretty solid episode of television and then asking myself, was I really... in engaged with it yes but i mean for me it's like does it hit the average
0: mark does it hit the medium which is five you know what i mean so for me i'm giving it a six because it's a little above average it's an an episode that if i'm flipping through and i see it i might watch it for more than an act
1: you've convinced me to bring it up to a four I didn't I wasn't intending to I know change that. your I understand that but I think you're I think you're correct was in that way and I was going to give it a four anyway and then I was I got mad as I started to describe all the things I didn't like about it
0: well there you have it everybody it's time to find out what we're going to watch next week uh, and a big thank you to the people at TrekCore for uh, collecting all of these trailers and, and putting them on their feed TrekCore.com forward slash Matt Myra that's my page I'm kidding that doesn't exist <laughs>
1: However we exist at Star Trek TNC uh, On Twitter and on Instagram mm-hmm. um, And uh, if you want to call in uh, You can call us in at 816 Trek TNC uh, And if you'd like to Write us in uh, hail, You can send it to STTNCPod At gmail.com Wait what's our phone number? 816-TREK-TNC. Oh. All right. Anyway, here's the trailer for next week's episode.
6: Next time on Star Trek, the next generation, the crew discovers the sole survivors of an alien massacre. The attacking force spared you for some reason. They're guarding a dark secret. Stop!
2: Stop!
6: A mystery that's destroying Troy's brain. A threat that's attacking the Enterprise. Commence rapid fire with all weapons on full. Unscore attack. The next generation.
1: Rapid fire with all weapons
0: on full. I've never seen that. That's nuts. Oh, boy. It's the survivors. It's the first of many Troys having her problems. Oh, boy. (laughs) Uh, Really uh, just uh, excited to be here. Excited to be in in this season. Anyway.
1: Sorry if I'm being too critical, guys. Andy, I
0: think you're being a little too critical.
1: I'm just trying to be, f- you know, I'm trying to be a good critic. Well, I'm uh, I'm tired of it, so I'm out of here. <laughs> well, I give myself a thumbs up, and I give Matt Myra a thumbs down.
2: <laughs> Disengage.